Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. What a moment. What a moment we get to share today. What a moment that it's been. You know, God's miracles happen in moments. Every miracle that God does in our lives, it's done in a moment. The moments that we've shared over these last several months and yes, over these last several years, really. And I really believe that now is a moment as we move into the next season that God has for us together. The next season of love, the next season of unity, the next season of healing, the next season of growing together. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. There's no one else I'd rather be on this journey with. Thank you, Life Changers family. Thank you for being the heart of God. Thank you for being the hands of God in this earth together with me and our team. We're the hands of God. We're the feet of God running to reach the lost, to reach the lost at any cost. We're the hands of God feeding and serving and giving, serving one another. We're the heart of God together. The church is the heartbeat of God. It's the hope of the world. The church, us together. Remember, the whole spirit of the church is to be connected. It's how we're connected has changed in many ways. But that we're connected must never change. And we must stay in that connected love that God's given us because this is what we're the pillar of the truth and the love of God in this earth. And we're the hope of this world. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us, the church. You know, I just want to pray for you right now. And then I want to teach you and encourage you in the special this special Sunday as we celebrate our 27 year anniversary as a church family. And I would love to be celebrating with you in person, but we are in person because we're in spirit together. But I pray that the next season of your life will be the greatest season of your life. The next days of your life will be the greatest days of your life. Your next days are going to be your best days. I prophesy that over you. The best days are coming to you beginning today. This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it right now. Father, I thank you for every person that's a part of this family and that's being introduced to this family today as well. Many that are here for the first time or they're new and they're experiencing this church family and this experience now. And I pray that for each of us, Lord, the, the next days of our lives would truly be the best days of our lives, that you would clear everything out in front of us as you've gone before us already. I thank you, Father, for revealing your goodness, taking the lid off of your goodness and your promises and your blessing and your glory. Lord, show us your glory by showing us your goodness. I thank you for every person experiencing healing in their lives today, healing in their mind, healing in their emotions, healing in their home, healing in their family, healing in their relationships, 
healing in their body, healing in their finances, healing, healing, being made whole. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to kind of pick up where I left off last Sunday and just take some time and then I have something very special to share with you at the end of our service today. And I I want you to just feel this and hear this and experience every moment of this and the moments we have together remaining. Last week, I talked to you about 10 miracles. Remember, 10 miracles of God's goodness. And I want to share something about God's goodness today, but in a different way. But I want to remind you about the 10 miracles of his goodness for a moment. And I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of these great miracles that we should be expecting in our lives right now, today and every day of our lives. Because the goodness of God, I said, number one, the goodness of God explains everything. The goodness of God explains everything. When something doesn't make sense, God's goodness is going to make sense of it. God's goodness is going to make good from it. God's goodness explains everything. God's goodness surrounds everything. We said God's goodness surrounds everything. God's goodness frees you from everything, especially from all toxic emotions in our lives. God's goodness frees us from everything. God's goodness satisfies everything. God's goodness satisfies everything. His goodness changes everything, for it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, into life change, into the changing of the way we think and the changing of our lives. As a man thinks, so is he right. The goodness of God changes everything. God's goodness shapes everything. We said God's goodness shapes everything. God's goodness uses everything. There's nothing that's happening in your life today that God can't use. There's nothing that's happening in this world today that God can't use when you believe in the miracles of his goodness, when you believe in this, in his goodness, this great goodness of God. God's goodness restores everything. His goodness restores everything. He makes everything right. He avenges us. He avenges us. He restores the years. He restores the fortunes. He restores your health. He restores opportunity. He restores time. He's the God of restoration. His goodness restores everything. We'll talk more about that at some point. God's goodness. This was probably my favorite as I was studying this and thinking about this. And as I've gone over it over the last several days as well, God's goodness outlasts everything. God's goodness outlasts everything. And number 10, we talked about how God's goodness provides us with everything. He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's the God of more than enough. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. What is your need today? God can supply it. He will supply it. He shall supply it. Go to him about anything you need. He's ever ready to give it to you. 
He's chosen gladly to give us the kingdom. And as with these 10 miracles of God's goodness as our backdrop today, this is our backdrop as we celebrate a new season in our lives, a new season in our church family, a new season in this world. We're coming into a new season, a better season. You're coming into a better season. You're coming into a better chapter. You're coming into a better page. You're coming into a better day in your life. Because the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter until the full day. And you are the righteousness of God because Jesus is your righteousness. With this as our backdrop, I want to talk about the good treasure, the good treasure in Matthew, chapter 12, verse 35. Jesus says a good man out of the good treasure, say that good treasure. There's something really beautiful here. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And I really want to focus on that. The second part of the verse is it's the contrast of that. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But we're not focusing on that today. Because I believe in the good treasure inside of you. I believe in the good treasure in your heart. I believe in the good treasure that God's put in there. I believe in all of the good things that he's put in there, all of his goodness. The Bible says that our faith becomes effectual in Philemon, verse six. Our faith becomes effectual by acknowledging every good thing that is already in us in Christ Jesus. Well, our faith works. Our faith becomes alive. Our faith becomes effective. Our faith has power. Our faith goes to work for us through the acknowledging of every good thing in us in Christ Jesus. Philemon verse six says, you see, it's every good thing already in you. He's so there's so much good inside of you. There's so much good inside of you. And I'm so thankful to be able to help reveal it to you. It's already in there and I'm just letting you know, just announcing what's in you, what God's done, and how good God is. Boy, I tell you what, God's goodness. The good man out of the good treasure, Matthew 12, 35, the good man out of the good treasure. Brings forth from his heart what is good. Well, there's so many good things. I just prophesy over you. There's so many good things that are going to happen in your life. They're going to grow out of you, flow out of you, go out of you. They're already in you and they never run out. I like what Psalm 107 verse one says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. One translation says, praise the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. And Psalm 145 verse nine says the Lord is good to all. And his mercies are over all his works. The New Living Translation says the Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all of his creation. So in talking about the good treasure, I want to say five things about the good treasure that you have, the good treasure of God's goodness. These five things are have become the hallmark of my season, 
my life, my my during this pandemic and during this year, this season in my life. These five things have kind of been seared into my soul and and they're really the the North Star of my life right now. And I want them to be the North Star of your life. And it's very simple, these five things. Number one, remember the good. We need to spend time in our day. We need to spend time in this season. We need to spend time in our lives remembering the good. You know, there's so much power in our memory. There's so much power in our memory. That's why people have. Post traumatic stress disorder. People who suffer from that are reliving a moment. They're reliving a memory. They're reliving a bad memory and they're scarred by that memory. And I believe that God wants to, first of all, heal you from the bad memories, but he wants to activate in you and he wants you to activate the good memories because there's always something good that God has done in our lives that we can remember. You know, in fact, next Sunday, when we have our special communion service. And it's going to be a real landmark moment for all of us, both on site and in. And online in our global community around the world, when we take communion, there's something about communion that most people miss. And communion is meant to be a reenactment. It's meant to be a reenactment of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, remember, he said, remember, remember, remember his death. It's not so that we'll be sad. We're remembering his death because his death is his death is the declaration that it is finished. Tetelestai, right? The our sins fully paid our prison sentence to anything we've been in bondage to fully served and the battle fully won Tetelestai. The death of Jesus is the greatest thing to remember, to remember what he did to bring us into this glorious covenant of God's grace, this covenant of his love, this covenant of his goodness. And we have to remember the good. We've got to look back in our lives and we've got to remember the good things that have happened. Psalm 103. David says in verse two, bless the Lord on my soul and forget none of his benefits. There's there's power in remembering. Remember the good. Remember the good. Remember the good. I'm going to say five things, but the first one is remember the good. Remember the good. Remember the good. Say that. Remember the good. He said, forget none of his benefits. And then he lists them because he's going to remember his benefits. He said he pardons all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. From the pit. He crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. He satisfies your years with good things, good things. So your youth is renewed like the eagle. Wow. You think about that. He said, forget none of his benefits. He pardons. It's all his doing. He pardons your iniquities. He says he heals all your diseases, all your iniquities, all 
your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. This is all the work of his grace. He crowns you with loving kindness and compassion and let no one take that crown, right? He satisfies your years with good things. So your youth is renewed like the eagle. Remember the good. Remember the good. You know, if you worked at a company that hired you and told you all the benefits, but then later in your time serving at that job and that occupation in that business, if you forgot about your employee benefits, you wouldn't be able to enjoy them. For example, as time passes, another employee may ask you, hey, um, why'd you take a day off without pay? You could have taken that day off with pay. And you might say, what are you sure? You sure? You sure about that? Oh, yeah. Don't you remember they told you about the benefits when they hired you? So many of us are like that. We forget the benefits. We got to remember, we got to go back and remember the good. Look over the benefit sheet. I'm not saying God is our employer. He's much better than that. But there's nothing wrong with being an employer. But God's better than that. He's our father. And he gives it all to us for free. And all these benefits are ours in Christ Jesus. We've got to remember the good. We've got to remember the good. We've got to remember the good. Number two, I want you to look for the good. We need to look for the good. Number one, remember the good. Number two, look for the good. Look for the good. Now, listen, there's a noted brain expert. He wrote a book and he explains that our brains do not automatically. His name's Rick Hansen. He said our brains don't automatically recognize the good. Because there's a stimulus, there isn't a stimulus to catch your attention, usually in something good. There's no threat. There's no fear, nothing to make your brain take notice. Your brain doesn't automatically note all the bad things that didn't happen. What we need to do, he said, is because the brain is wired in such a way that stimulus that gets our attention is usually negative. And he said, in order to rewire our thinking, we have to intentionally look for the good. Every day we've got to make up our minds to look for the good. We've got to open our eyes and look. Jesus said, look at the go outside, look at the birds. Look at the beauty. Look at the look at the lilies of the field, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet your father has clothed them greater than than Solomon was ever clothed, feeds the birds greater than any anybody could have ever fed them. I've never seen a bird fasting. I've never seen a skinny little bird. They seem to be all well fed. God is like that. He's your provider. Look for the good. You know, they say in every. In every cloud is a silver lining in every storm, there's a rainbow. There's I know that may sound a cliche like or it may sound too idealistic, but, you know, in everything. There's something good if you look for it, you'll find something good in you if you look for it. You find something good in the person sitting next to you at home or wherever you are right now. 
you find something good in your today. If you look back at yesterday and you really look and intentionally look, you'll find something good about yesterday, too. If you look for it, see, the brain is wired to be stimulated by the bad. But if you if we will intentionally look for the good, we'll find it. Paul did. He said in Philippians chapter one, verse 12, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances, he was in prison when he wrote this. He was going to die in prison. But he said, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. So my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and everyone else. And that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage now to speak the word of God without fear. You see, Paul looked for the good even in prison. Paul wrote the good even in prison. He wrote this book of Philippians from prison. And you know what his his book was filled with gratitude. Perspective. There's something good. There's so much good that God has made available to us in this unprecedented season. And I just want to encourage you. Keep looking for the good. Keep looking for the good. Remember the good. He's already done. Look for the good because it's there in every one, in every day, in every situation, in every trial, in every bad thing that's happened to you. There is good if you look for it. Look for it. Look for the good. Look for the good. Often we see. Often we see things so small, we see big things and we magnify them and we need to take our the power of our magnifying because we have in our soul a magnifying glass and we can choose what we put that magnifying glass on. We can magnify the bad or we can magnify the good. It doesn't change the size of it. It changes how we look at it and how and the perspective that we have about it. Look for the good. Number three, I want to encourage you to choose the good. Remember the good. Look for the good. Choose the good. You know, two sisters were hosting Jesus. You know this story very well. One was bothered and distracted and the and the other was at peace, free from worry. One knew what was necessary and one had her priorities all mixed up. One was offended. One was in love. One was distracted. One was at peace. What was the difference? What made the difference in Mary's life? From Martha's life, they both hosted Jesus. He loved them both the same. What made the difference in her life was found in Luke 10, 41 through 42. But the Lord answered and said, Martha, Martha, you're so worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good. She's chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You see, we got to remember the good. We got to look for the good and we've got to choose the good. She chose the good part. You see, whatever you choose, when you choose the good, it won't be taken away from you. When you choose the good, 
it won't be taken away from you. When you choose what's good, it's going to last in your life. She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. She chose the good part. Do you see how he simplified her life? You see how she simplified her life? And that's one of the things that God's been doing in my life is telling me strip away the complicated, stick to the necessities. There's really only one. And she's chosen that good part, that good part. I like what the New Living Translation says in that verse. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it won't be taken away from her. I love the message translation of that verse as well. He says in verse 42, one thing only is essential. And Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and it won't be taken from her. She chose it. Oh, there's power in our choices. There's power in our decisions. There's power in what we choose. And I want to encourage you. Choose the good. Strip away the complicated. Choose. To believe in the love. Of God. Focus on the beauty of Jesus. David said, I'll behold his beauty and I'll meditate at his feet. I'll study at his feet because I see his beauty. I'll study at his feet. Choose the good. Choose the good. It's really simple. Remember the good. Number one, look for the good. Number two, choose the good. Number three and number four, expect the good. David said in this is a pillar in my life and it is in yours too. Psalm 27, verse 13, expect the good. I would have despaired. Unless I believed you see all the toxic emotions in our lives, all the toxic emotions are found in this verse. He said, I would have despaired because all those toxic emotions are are sent or meant by the enemy, by your flesh to get you to quit, to get you to give up, to get you to to faint. He said, I would have despaired. I would have grown depressed, sad, weary, quitting, given up, forsaken, discouraged. Unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord, every one of our emotions hinge upon what we believe we're going to see. And I want you to expect the good. I believe I'm going to see the goodness of God. I know you probably think I say this every Sunday. You probably think I preach this every day on Daily Bread. And you're probably right. Uh, I think. On Thursday, it'll be 200 days in a row that we've ministered day by day in the temple and by God's great grace from house to house in your home. I would have despaired unless I believed. That I would see the goodness you see, this is the power of expectation. I believe I'm going to see his goodness. His goodness follows me. His goodness leads me. His goodness surrounds me. His goodness 
changes things, His goodness shapes things, His goodness uses things. Oh, I'm going to see His goodness today. Oh, I'm going to see His goodness show up in healing. I'm going to see His goodness show up in blessing. I'm going to see His goodness show up in peace. I'm going to see His goodness show up in joy. I'm going to see His goodness show up in my family. I'm going to see His goodness show up in my life. I'm going to see His goodness show up in your life. Boy, my expectation is on good things, the goodness of God. I know I'm going to see it. I'm expecting it every day. I'm expecting it today. I'm expecting it tonight. It could be the worst day of my life, but I believe I'm going to see God's goodness in the land of the living while I'm living. I'm not waiting till I get to heaven. We don't have to. I love the thought of going to heaven. I can't wait till I get to heaven, but we got work to do on this earth. We got a mission to accomplish, to reach this world with the goodness and love of God. Jesus is the way and he's the only way. He's our mission and he's our message. and He's our everything. But man, I want you to expect today you're going to see. The good. Say that, say, I'm going to remember the good. I'm going to look for the good. I'm going to choose the good. I'm going to expect the good. And the fifth thing as we begin to wrap this up, I want to encourage you do the good in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good, doing good and healing all. Oftentimes we focus on him healing all. And there's a great reason to focus on it because people need healing. All who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. But the first thing he said he did, he went about doing good. He went about doing good. He went about doing good. Boy, if you will join me and make these five things the North Star of your life, remember the good, look for the good, choose the good, expect the good and do the good. You know, When we talk about doing the good, Hebrews 13, 16 says, do not neglect doing good and sharing for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Do the good, you know, I believe as a church, as a family, as a person, I'm not called by God to stop at four but to move on to five and always five, always these five. You see, this is how we treasure the good and this is how we experience the good treasure. Remember the good, look for the good, choose the good, expect the good and do the good. So as we close, I want to do good today. I want to spend our anniversary Sunday at the closing couple of moments that we have together to do the good. And I want to invite you because Isaiah says that this is really what fasting is. It's not. I believe there's a place for abstaining from food. I'm mean, that's not my focus today. He said this is the fast, though. Verse seven of Isaiah 58. It's to divide your bread with the hungry. 
to bring the homeless poor into the house. When you see the naked to cover him, that is the fast that God chooses. So as we do the good today, I want you to hear this promise because we're going to do something good for the poor. Today, I want to receive a special offering. In fact, I think it's the first special offering that we've ever had during the pandemic. And I want to invite you to do something special because I received a a message from a woman who received one of our solar powered audio Bibles. She received one in the mail. It took many weeks for it to get to her. She lives in Africa and we started this harvest fund in 2018. Thousands of lives have been impacted by these solar powered audio Bibles. You'll see them on the screen. Several languages, Creole, Portuguese, Spanish, French, Mandarin, English. We've translated the Bible in all of those languages. Each one contains the full Bible, the salvation message and 10 of my top teachings. We also have Hindi and Arabic translated and we're working on producing those as the finances come in, producing those on our audio Bibles as well. We want to cover the earth with the gospel, the good news, the goodness of God. So this morning, I wanted to just share this quick testimony that we received from a woman named Rochelle, who's in a who is a leper in a leper colony in Africa. She said, I've been listening and hearing the word of God and your teachings on the audio Bible. Now I believe that God is not mad at me, but he is mad about me. Thank you so much, Pastor Dickow. She went on to say, we have more than fifteen hundred lepers in our colony. Since yesterday, more than two hundred people with leprosy sat in front of the audio Bible, the solar powered audio Bible that I received from you to listen and to hear the message of the word of God. And this is the best part. She said all the lepers in our colony are so appreciative and love all the solar audio Bible. If you could send us more solar powered audio Bibles instead of silver and gold, we would be so grateful. We don't want money. We don't have use for it. We need the word of God. Rochelle isn't asking for money. It's precious. I'm asking you to give. But she's imploring us to send more audio Bibles. Each one costs about thirty five dollars plus shipping. We're going to go out with prayer. Just wait for me one moment, please. They're virtually indestructible. They last forever and they cannot be recorded over. It's well worth the investment. Our next order of one thousand audio Bibles will cost us thirty five thousand dollars. But we don't want to stop there as part of our harvest fund. I want to ask you to help today. I want us to send more to her leper colony, but I want us to send more to Europe and Brazil and Mexico and Ecuador and Guatemala and Haiti. And these are where these are all the places we're going. So can we just pray right now? And I want to invite you to give. I want to invite you to give. Maybe one hundred dollars, it'll reach 30 people. A gift of five hundred dollars will reach 
150 people, a special anniversary offering gift is what I want to invite you to give. We'll reach about 300 people. And I want to give you this promise as we give this special anniversary, life changers anniversary offering in Jeremiah 33, verse 10 and 11. I want to read this to you from the Message Bible. Yes, God's message, he says, you're going to look at this place, these empty and desolate towns of Judah and streets of Jerusalem, and you're going to say a wasteland, unlivable, not even a dog could live there. But the time is coming when you're going to hear laughter and celebration, marriage festivities, people exclaiming, thank God of the angel armies. He's so good. Oh, I like that. I love that. He's so good. His love never quits as they bring thank offerings into God's temple. He says, I'll restore everything that was lost in this land. I'll make everything as good as new. I, God, say so. He said, we're going to say he's so good and his love never quits. As we bring thank offerings into God's temple, would you take a moment and make a special gift? As we take the gospel to more and more and more hurting people, lost people, people that need just one touch and everything changes one word and their whole world rearranges. Father, thank you for the blessing to be able to give. Lord, give seed to the sower as we sow today, as we give into the cause of this ministry and this mission that you've called us to. I pray that you would bless everyone indeed, that there be a flood of abundance and increase in each of their lives. And as we give today, God, take it and multiply it. And what we could only see is five loaves and two fish. Lord, multiply it into reaching thousands with every person's gift in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Now. For everybody and for the one who's watching now, thank you, first of all, to everybody and for the one who's watching that maybe has never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. I want to pray with you right now. I don't want this moment to pass. I pray that you would receive Jesus Christ right now as your Savior and Lord. If you're not sure you're going to heaven when you die, would you just pray with me? You can be absolutely sure. Just pray this. say, Heavenly Father, just pray that Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior and Lord. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And from this moment forward, I'm a child of God. If you just prayed that prayer, heaven is rejoicing. You are now a citizen of God's kingdom and you are part of God's family and our family. And I thank you for praying that prayer. I've got a gift for you. You'll see it on the screen. And let's just take a moment and just thank Jesus. Can we just thank him for all that he's done? Remember the good. Come on, thank him right now. Worship him. And I will sing of all you've done And I'll remember how far you've carried me From beginning until 
part of this special Sunday. I can't wait till next, till next Sunday. And I hope you feel the same way. And whoa, what a moment it's going to be. Until then, I love you guys. See you on Daily Bread. See you in moments. See you November 1st. Can't wait. God bless.